What's up, guys? Welcome to the Deviant Gentleman Podcast. My name is Shane Vitko, alongside my co-host, Mr. Tommy Vexed. Uncle Tommy is in the house. Uncle Tommy, live from Los Angeles. And um, today we have a special guest. We have uh, our good friend, Travis Wilson. Uh, Travis is a former Green Beret and the owner of Alpha Elite Performance. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me. Tommy, good Fucking to see a. you, buddy. It's good to see you, too. Yeah, bud. Um, so. I don't think you can be a former. I think once you're a Green Beret, like, you get to just. It's like, it's like you know, Mr. President. Right. I was, well, was going to correct him, but. Well, here's the thing. So I had Sean uh, Rogers on the last show, and I asked about that because I feel like I don't want to be like, you don't get to be a Green Beret anymore. So I didn't know if the thing was like former or I wouldn't say, you know, was a Green Beret. So what, what do you, what do you tell people? Like, um, uh, you know, honestly, I just, when I just say, yeah, I served I, and if they ask, I let them know, but, uh, right off the bat, I'm, I'm not like, Hey, I'm Travis. I'm a Green Beret. Hey, hey, I'm <laughs> Travis, the Green Beret. Yeah. If they ask, <laughs> I just hey, served, me. You know. I could kill you with a pencil eraser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's, but yeah, I, you know, the saying is once a Green Beret, always a Green Beret. And, and I, I think that's something that you hold in your heart like everything fucking else, a. you know, so, yeah. I would. Yeah, absolutely. I'd still wear the fucking thing every day. I do. I, in, when I take baths. Yeah. Uh, during sex. <laughs> that's uh, All that right. Yeah. Um, I have it right here. Oh, no, I left it in the truck. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, so. Berets before bays. <laughs> what do you say? Berets before bays. before bays. Yeah. Um, so, fuck, dude. I think the last time we were in person was when we had uh, Christian on right before I left LA. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, he blew up. yeah, dude, we don't even have enough time to cover everything that has fucking happened in that time period since we've last met. And I feel like enough people follow both our social media to kind of see where both our lives have gone. So if you yeah, know, you well, know, you bought, you bought a house right? and you got a dog you and you moved to Texas, right? And I got me tooed, right? Kicked out and, of a band, and then I quit. And then I, I quit a band, quit my band. But then the label wouldn't let me. And then I got extorted. And then I got all my music stolen. <laughs> and then I dated a clown. And then <laughs> the clown tried to fucking talk shit about me. And I roasted her into the third dimension. Yeah, and we uh we are definitely gonna get into that. Um, but before we get to the crazy stuff. Um, so tell me I think how Travis is much more interesting to be honest. Yeah. And it's, isn't it great how it's like, dude, he's one of those guys when you're next to him, like when I'm next to you, I still go like, fuck my arms are so small. Being next to Travis is like, he's just such a hulking human that it's like, for fuck's sakes, man. Like, you know, we take oh, pictures yeah. out here and I'm like, dude, you, it's, this is, you, you're bad for my fucking image. You know? Yeah, he tra- we traveled all over Europe together. I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to be fucking standing next to Thor. Right. <laughs> so, Travis, tell me a little bit about that, how you and Tommy met. I, I was doing, I was a security manager for Five Finger Death Punch, and uh, Tommy uh, was with us. And I mean, that's how we met. You know, he, he, he was there to, uh, he, he was there. I don't know. I wasn't really following Tommy at the time. And to be honest with you, I didn't know who the fuck Five Finger Death Punch was when I got hired on. Um, but I was there to do a job to take care of the lead singer. And now, how did did you get that through a recommendation through someone being a Green Beret? Like, how did you even no. get into that line? Uh, there was a a regular army dude that was there, and uh, he kind of worked himself out of this job by hiring me because I showed up and fucking, you know, just did a really great job, and they got rid of him, <laughs> which I felt bad about. Hey. But um, 
you know, that I was just there, you know, I had some medical experience, uh, and then obviously, you know, some security experience and things like that, uh, taking on that position. Um, well, they, first they asked through him, I came about, I said, sure, I'll do it. I was retiring out of the army. I did 21 years. And so that was my last year. And, and, uh, my boss is like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You know, just check in every other week or so and let us know how you're doing. And so took that job on and, uh, you know, it was, it was a good time. It was something I'd, I'll, t- I'll just say it is nothing like I've done before. And it was, uh, it was an eye opener, uh, you know, as far as life experiences go. It, it, it was, it was a unique experience. We, so it, what Travis is, is kind of tiptoeing around is <laughs> we both were, we were the guys who were called in to assist um, when Ivan was having really bad struggles with his sobriety and so like i initially came on as kind of like a sober coach support and travis was you know making making sure that he was staying out of trouble and wasn't like fighting people in the airport and doing crazy shit um as alcoholics do all the things that you know shane being sober and i being sober we've all done and um me now yeah and it was it was it was definitely it was definitely uh uh a different experience for me having been a sober coach for now like over six years, because it was the first time where you saw the band and the label actually trying to help the dude get sober instead of just pushing them out on stage or just like giving them just enough. And then, uh, you know, and ultimately uh, I've been went home to seek treatment and then we, the band asked me to sing for them and then, Travis had to babysit my monkey ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had done a tour with with uh, the band before Tommy showed up, and so it was really good when when Tommy showed up because you know I, I had to take care of Ivan by myself, and I was doing it all. But man, to have a sober coach there, uh, and, and and Ivan knew that it really helped uh, the the whole dynamics of of my job really. So it, I got to focus on not just Ivan, but now also the band and and you know, getting to the venues and reaching out to the venues before we even get there. And so it, it really helped out. It freed up a lot of what I was able to do as the security manager. So, yeah. And I don't know if, uh, I don't even know if I told you this, Tommy, I remember that I would, had mentioned to you. So the way that I first uh, kind of started talking with Travis is he had messaged uh, the deviant gentleman page a few times, like, Hey, let Tommy know I still got his shorts that he let me borrow in Italy or whatever. <laughs> Jokingly. Blah, blah. Right. Well, cause I but, love them things. You're not but, getting them back. But <laughs> when I, when he, I never would like click on alpha elite performance or anything. I just thought this was some nut job that was like, you know, you know, anything to, to just res- get a response and talk to Tommy. And at first I was like, Oh my God, here we go. And then little by slow, like we started talking and then like, I realized who he was and blah, blah, blah. And, and this and that. And then I remember mentioning to you before an episode one time, like this guy, Travis reached out to me and you're like, Oh yeah, I know Travis. Well, but I'm like, like, I'm like, well, he says he's got your shorts or something. What are they, what are they rogue or something? Rogue, right? Yeah. Or something. I don't know. You gave them to me. They're gray. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, my luggage did. got lost or some shit like that. And you, uh, Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah. So, and nobody else had was your size. Yeah. And I was like, I got you, bro. So I was wearing like well, a I Justin we Bieber in, shirt and your shorts. Yeah. We were in, um, You're, was it Norway? I can't was, remember where it was, but we, I mean, we were all, we were traveling all over the place. We went to South America together. We went to Europe together. 
But you let me borrow your shorts, and I yeah. kept them, and I'm never giving them back. Those are your shorts now. That's See a that, that real That's a friends <laughs> share shorts. Yeah. And you let and I got to work out, and that was the thing is that I needed gym shorts to work out in, and and so we got to we got no. Sweat but on. I mean, good. so the point being is that it's like it's crazy how things work, right? Where it's like you two had known each other for so long, and. Um, or had a history and then you and I met and kind of started talking and then had some like a few people in common and then ultimately the reason why I landed where I am is because you moved here from Coronado Mm -hmm. and we started talking a little bit and you were like hey check out the area and I did and I flew out here for a week and we took a look at it and now you're 20 minutes down the street and it's like for me to move here and have somebody who's a veteran who is a business owner and is kind of the same mindset like you know, it is kind of hard to find people that you can trust and, and keep in your circle because a lot of times things happen. And I left LA and I left guys like Tommy and all my, my guys that I had that I could rely on and coming here was very scary for me because I didn't know that I was going to gain that again, yeah. you know? Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you're here, bro. Yeah. And, um, and so, and Travis, you were in San Diego for the longest time. And when did you move to Texas exactly? Uh, last August we moved here. So I went from retiring out of the army in Colorado Springs, uh, when I started that first tour. And then when we got back from that, I moved to Coronado and was out in Coronado, San Diego area, uh, for the three years. And then, uh, last August we, we jet set it out to the wonderful Montgomery, Texas. What made you, what made you leave California for Texas? Well, one, I was born in Texas and always wanted to die in Texas. Two, uh, I'm not going to lie. I can't stand California politics at all. And uh, this, this place is easier on my wallet. Um, so I, I, my kids and, and my ex-wife are out there in Coronado, and the boys were at the right age where I said, hey, guys, look, you know, I've got a business. And, and the business as well uh, is thriving. It has taken off since we moved to Texas. Uh, it was good to have it in California and San Diego and, and kind of get a base, a foundation going. Um, but, you know, we moved it out here, and it's rocking and rolling. But the boys understood that, and – and uh, we, they come out every month. So was that hard too? I mean, I feel like that's pretty responsible too, and to not just take off and put your needs first. Like you pretty much put everything on the back burner until you felt like both your boys were of a certain age. That you know what, you know, I, I can be gone and you're gonna be okay, and we can still yeah. make this work. But now it's time for me to kind of do the next right thing for what's right for my business, right? Yeah, yeah. And we had that talk, and I had that talk with their mother as well. And I think that having a great mother, she's my ex-wife, but she's an amazing mother. And that, you know, it's really helped out because she explained to him, I explained it to him, we sat him down and they understood. And, and with the promise, well, and we talk every dang day. I mean, gosh, we talk so much. I don't even know what the hell to talk to him about tonight when I right. talk to him, you know, right. it's like, great. You went to school. Fuck, you know? And, but, uh, yeah, just having that foundation there in California with their mother, uh, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's great. So we all have a great relationship too. And that helps. So, uh, yeah. And you are remarried now. I am. I'm remarried. To your lovely wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I am. She's um, wonderful. I, I swear to God, it's uh, it's the weirdest fucking relationship because <laughs> we have had maybe three fights, not even fights, arguments in the, uh, I have a tattoo on my hand here, so it's 2016, five years that we've been <laughs> married. Uh, I mean, it's just insane. You've met her and she's just an yeah. amazing woman and uh, we're together Every fucking day because we work together and it's been wonderful. Oh, it's weird as shit. It. It's weird. No, everybody's like, you guys are fucking nuts. But man, it's, I found it, man. It took me three times, but I found the right one. <laughs> Third time's a <laughs> job. Yeah. 
So uh, I have no, I, I don't know what that's like. I'm just like, that's like a unicorn. I'm like, <laughs> you guys don't even argue. That's, that's what we saying. call her. We call her the unicorn, yeah. man. You'll meet her and she's just wonderful, man. She's just a, a, an amazing soul. And uh, you can't ever be in a bad mood around this woman. Um, she's love that. It's, yeah. it's weird though. It's fucking weird. I mean, I think, you know, a lot like I will say that Kat and I have definitely argued more than three times, but again, like, uh, you it's know, it's mostly your fault though. No, <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. But, um, you know, dude, but the thing is this and like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know that you relate to this, but I know Tommy does where it's like, I never pictured this dude. I never thought that I would find the, a girl. Like I had been through so much that I'm like, it's just not possible this broke me, that broke me, like, I'm just, it's just not going to happen for me, and I'm, like, kind of setting these, kind of being a piece of a shit to girls' ways, not that you can relate to that, but I I just didn't see that that was going to be a thing for me, and to have found somebody, and like you said, I mean, I'm I'm with her 24-7, and, like, we're doing the business together, and we're doing this, and it does get stressful at times, but I, there's no way I could be doing what I'm doing right now with, without her, you yeah, know, and I yeah. see the same thing happen with you and Emily, you know, yeah. and it's like, it's your assistant, it's your wife, it's your right hand man, it's your partner in crime. It's and your I think, boss. Yeah, yeah, ultimately, <laughs> you know, um, with this, with the assistant manager, yeah. but, um, it really is, uh, something that I don't take for granted. And, um, like I said, man, I, you know, I never thought in a million years that I would be able to find something like that. Yeah. You know, you know it's, it's fun. I actually kind of find my. I'll take a step back if, if there is anything that annoys me or if, if I just need to walk away from us, you know, not, not in, a, in a bad way. Like if I just need to go outside and get some fresh air, I always find myself like, fuck, I got to get back in there, you know, and talk to Emily because she's the one who's going to, you know, make this right. She, she, you know, like you said, she's a unicorn and she makes me feel good inside. So, yeah, that was a long, long, long answer to why I left California for Texas. <laughs> it's a good, well, I mean, it's a good answer. You got into the relationship thing. I mean, like, yeah. you know. I think it's important. I mean, you know, my, my struggle is like, and you know, we talk about therapy and stuff and like, I have, I have kind of consecutively dated in the past year. Like one was long-term and one was short-term was like severely mentally ill people. And a lot of this in my, in my session work is correlating to unresolved issues with my brother, who's a psychopath and is in jail for attempted murder. He tried try to kill me. And he, I, and it's interesting because I never could, I never saw the correlation, but it has a lot to do with early childhood. And my primary relationship as a twin was with somebody who was not well. And my parents bestowed this kind of responsibility to take care of a sick person. It's, it's kind of why I'm good at being a sober coach and why. So in those aspects of my life, it's an asset, but in romantic aspects, a lot of times the red flags that regular people will see, they, they feel normal to me. And then everything's okay for a period of time, the honeymoon phase. And then like the, the crazy shit starts happening, you know? So I'm like hearing you guys talk about, finding that person and doing the work and stuff it's it gives me hope and it's important for other for other listeners who have been in those situations like you know and i I shame i remember like you know listen i remember when you made the change like you changed a lot of things in your life for this relationship and it's it's true like when you find that person you do want to change for them you know and 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 it's about what they bring to the table and i think i believe that that energy is reciprocal you know, and, and obviously I could speak 
you know, monuments about Travis and our time together and what I know of him as being a good man and a father. And that's why you got you got the unicorn because you probably are one. <laughs> He's a big fucking majestic unicorn is what he is. But I will say this too, Tommy, is that I, I you know, I know, and not even to get into names because people can read between the lines, but I remember because uh, I was dealing with some relationship stuff and with the, the first one. And I remember talking on the phone and it's like, for me, where I'm your friend and we talk and I remember I, I, we talk and then a month or some time goes by and then all of a sudden this shit storm will be on social media and I'm like, wait a minute. I, and it's almost like I already knew this. It's not my job to talk about that because it's not my business. That's a private conversation between you and I. But to see all this stuff start to unfold blows my fucking mind and it makes me go like I you know this is just coming out now like he's been dealing with this since bef- so long ago you know and well, that's that's a the the so women who are violent when you know and again like I like that was a very short dating relationship I I obviously like was almost assaulted. I left. I actually called you on the airport, like on the way home. And I was like, yo, this girl trying to hit me with a phone and like, whatever. I just bailed. And then, you know, what happens is, is that uh, women who are physically and emotionally and mentally violent, they, when they, what they, what translates through social media is, is like reputation destruction. And, um, you know, I was watching this whole thing, uh, this whole kind of fucking discussion about this. And it's like, that's their way of, of punching you in the face still. And, or, or the, or like bringing, bringing up false allegations and trying to take you in court and fucking with your money. It's their inability to, to either process rejection or take responsibility that once again, you know, their actions have put them in a position to be abandoned or left. And rather than to face those, they retaliate. And they often retaliate in exceedingly more dramatic and aggressive ways. And, you know, the, the person who we're talking about is, is, is currently in a court situation with the person she dated after me. So this is like, a, she's a serial abuser. Um, and people don't, you know, and I'm like one of those people, like my sponsor used to say, like, he's like, how can you tell who the alcoholic is at the gangbang? And I was like, how? And he's like, it's the guy proposing underneath. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> but it's like, you know, if there's a fucking, if there's, you know, I, that's just me. I have a, I have a broke picker. I'm like, oh, this can's completely dented. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> you know? Um, so speak with that, right? So, cause I was talking to Travis about this before we got on and Women who accuse men of serious offenses, are you are we automatically guilty until proven innocent? I don't think so. I mean, I don't see how that I think culturally, I think the Me Too movement um it was an amazing branding exercise in kind of getting women together. Uh and there's a serious issue with not with not reported domestic violence or sexual assault or uh sexual assault in the workplace or you know whatever and women ha- are plagued with these issues and it has to be something that we as men we have to support them in their efforts but we have to believe evidence we can't just believe all women because what happens inadvertently now is 
you know, you have people who understand the system and then abuse it, right? And so with me, it almost, it's like one of them tried to do it and then it kind of worked, but I was exonerated by a judge and in, 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 in false allegations. And then the next chick was mad and she tried to reiterate that. And ultimately, you know, if, if it wasn't for her five other ex-boyfriends coming to my aid, who knows what people would have thought. It was just one after the other, every single dude that had dated her being like, yo, she punched me, she stole money, she did this, she extorted me, she threatened me, she she harassed my next girlfriend, she did this, she did that, you know? And so people often, I think that there's a bias, especially in the legal system, where if a man did the behaviors that this person did, they would be in, in jail. They'd be considered criminally insane and a threat to society, but with women, women don't do, don't have the same legal repercussions for the same behaviors that they commit as men do. And so that's another issue, you know? So because the justice system is imbalanced in the direction of, it's already in the direction of the, of the woman. So we have to really take a look at these things more seriously and evidence has to be provided before we engage in these witch trials. You so know? I got a question mm -hmm. for you, uh, and I'll explain why. But when this came to light, did you f experience any sense of fear? Like the first time, yeah, and this time, no, because I like I think the you know the, when the first the first time this happened, it was a it was a, a relationship that was romantic for almost a year it was a long-term you know romantic relationship and it was a friendship of over four years so there was a real acute sense of um interpersonal betrayal uh and also in that scenario that that person was able to hide their mental illness from me for the for the complete duration of our friendship so when i kind of fell into the romantic aspect of the relationship i and, and all these things, these weird, you know, red flags started popping up after the fact, I was completely caught off guard. And to a degree, because I had, I was emotionally invested, I, I wrote a lot of the things off. In this, in the following scenario, as soon as it happened, I, I was gone. Yeah, I see ya. And, and, you know, I was retroactively punished um, four months after breaking things off with this person because she dated another recording artist. She's a fan. She's like a, you know, she's just like jumps from like celebrity to celebrity or whatever, artist to artist or whatever. And I think she was livid that I, uh, I'm doing shows with them and collaborating with the guy who, who broke up with her after me. So the reason I asked that is because, like I said, so uh, the only time that I've ever had anything remotely close to something like that happen was when I was a personal, I was a general manager for a personal training place and a girl wanted to get out of her contract and she couldn't and she was going to have to eat like $2,500 or whatever. And she was a young girl, probably in her 20s or whatever. And I had been her personal trainer for probably almost a year. And next thing you know, I get a thing that's like, you know, this girl's claiming sexual harassment and blah, 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 and, and wants her money back and all this stuff. And I remember at first being like, like getting that feeling like, holy shit. And then immediately being like, wait, what? And I'm like, 
where I work, there's cameras everywhere. Check every camera of any time I've ever worked with this girl. She said that I was asking intimate details about her sex life and shit. And it's like, no, I used to ask like, hey, how's everything? How's you and the boyfriend? You move in, quick talk, and then work out. And what I had to do was like, we she took it to like a, a small claims court or whatever. And we had to get the camera footage from the place. And I had so many female clients that I saw. And every one of them wrote a letter on my behalf. And, and the one that was the best was I had a dad who had his 14-year-old daughter and her best friend come uh, train with me because they were hockey players and they wanted to do off-ice training. And he wrote this whole letter about how he entrusted me with his daughter and her best friend and all this stuff. And I remember going to court and feeling like, I'm not, I don't have any fear in this because like, I'm not guilty. As opposed to when I went to prison, like, I knew I was fucked. I knew I had made a, a mistake and that I was guilty. So I had so much fear of what's what's my future hold because I know I'm guilty. Well, you, also you have to look at the the two components that are different. Is that probably happened in the early two thousands, right? Yeah. Now, I'm. It's fucking. It's like you know. It's witch hunt culture now. It's, it's cancel culture. Right. And Absolutely. all men are bastards. Believe all women. And I'm in the I'm in the most liberal business you could possibly be in outside of movies, which is the music business. It seems so, to be well. You said liberal, and and I feel like that. Uh, uh, well, fuck, I don't know what to say to that. I, this is I a free always, place you can speak. Yeah, to oh, us. yeah. This is a, believe me. <laughs> we. Uh, <laughs> I think it's extremely political. It it really just goes one way. I don't really see too many. Um, on this, on the conservative side of things, I don't, I don't feel like this happens as much as it does uh, with with the left. The left is all about this fucking jabbing at, um, you know, the Me Too thing. But if it fucking happens to one of their people, you know, God forbid, nope, just silence, shut it down. You know, I mean, well, you, uh, you look at what happened to Cuomo, and he got accused by like yeah. seventeen. Was it was like seventeen at the end of it? Seventeen yeah, women yeah, yeah, accused yeah. him of sexual assault. Yeah. AOC's calling for him to step down. He's like, "No, I'm not going to. Nothing happened to him." Yeah, right. Yeah, but like, Being but I am exonerated by a judge in a case against one person who has a very sketchy past, <laughs> a very sketchy past. <laughs> and even though I'm exonerated, they don't run that. They don't print it because I I endorse Trump. Yeah, that's the only reason. Well, yeah. Now you're fucked. You're you know endorse trump so if yeah but am i though like no you're I'm not doing you're absolutely that. not when you the, the funny thing is is that when you recede from the industry you realize how much they're stealing all of your money yeah all of it yeah and they want to keep you broke so they can control you until they break you it takes about 10 years to psychologically break somebody into a system and then you're allowed to make money when you're not, when you're, you've already been groomed into not wanting to leave. Right. So Tommy, we know how cancel culture has affected you. Right. But how, how do you think, I want to know, I guess from Travis, from you, Tommy, how it's affecting the American people, right? Like how this is affecting, I mean, more than just, you know, people with a big platform clearly, but I personally think it affects someone from wanting to, whether or not they still will put a Trump flag out, whether or not they will yeah. admit to being conservative because they don't want someone to throw a rock through their window because right. they don't want it. Like, it's not okay to feel. Oh, to, for, for example, for example, it's to, so tonight I'm going to a, 
I go to uh, once every month or two. There is a conservative, an anonymous conservative group of Hollywood elites that all meet up. That's fucking insane. (laughs) I know they're not, but you can't like everyone, nobody, you know, nobody outs each other. Like everyone respects each other's privacy because these people are, you know, they're, they're in the belly of the beast. And it's a place where they can all go and, and talk about politics freely. I mean, dude, it's like, and being at these things, it feels like it's it's cool because I'm like, yo, I can't even believe I got a, I get invited to this. Like I get to hang out with these people. But it's also like, from my perspective, I'm like, yo, is this what it was like to be Jewish during the Holocaust? <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, why? It, it immediately we, made me. We, is it a secret? It made me feel we, like we, that. What's that Tom Cruise movie where they all have to wear those like half masks for like this you know. eyes wide shut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm it's, the worst guy to ask about fucking movies. Oh god, I usually read no. books. Yeah, but it, dude, it's crazy to see people who have so much power. They're also afraid. They're yeah. fucking afraid. Well, yeah, that's that whole left the side. Shit that's go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's just the left in itself. They, I mean. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Hitler and Stalin did the exact same thing by shutting people down and, and driving them into, you know, underground fucking, you know, tunnels to fucking talk about politics freely when you should be able to do it freely wherever the fuck you want. And you should be able to be Tommy Vexed or, you know, of Pratt or whoever and do it wherever. But, but you know, you're, you're pushed into these dark holes and stuff and, and your guns are taken away and it's shit that we've already fucking seen. And it just yeah. kind of... If like you want... If pe- well, it's like... It, not to get all doomsday, but like, look, look at what's going on in Canada. Yeah. Like we're out here and they're like, we got to take away people's guns. I'm like, the fuck you will. Underground churches in fucking Canada. Underground churches. Insane. Why do these, and you have to ask, why do these people hate Christianity so much? Because it's so fucking good. <laughs> I can use that word in Christianity together. I mean, I, I yeah, but I mean, like, they, and- but, but they, they really hate christians is it because it's geared towards conservatism and most of them are conservative i don't know if it's political leaning i think i think they hate people who fucking who put god first yeah i you know because these people all worship self yeah yeah i hear a lot of the i I do know some christians that that will you know you're not supposed to judge the bible says not to judge but i know some christians that judge heavily all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. you know, they, they talk about this new uh, style of worship that has, you know, worship bands and, and that that type of music really isn't what God wants people to listen to. And it just gets so damn ridiculous, you know, coming from both sides, really, um, from the left and the well, right. Extreme, I think extremism of any point is, like, unnecessary, yeah, you know? It's, it's getting and, bad. It, and, and also, too, you know, diversity of thought. If that's where you want to go, go there, Yeah, you know? I've gone to all different kinds of churches. I've gone to, yeah, I've, I've checked out all different kinds of religions, to be honest with you. Sure. And, you know, it's just like, okay. I, there's just, you know, I'm like, some, to me, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that when I believe in God and I, I live as if I believe in God, my life is better. And I make better decisions and I act better. And the abundance in my life and the people are, are higher quality. Yeah. Anytime people live or are driven um, in the in in their own self-interest, solely in their own self-interest, it makes your world narrower. And what it does is it creates the illusion of separateness. And when you're uh, when you're a, a, a living organism on this planet and you're separate, 
everything is trying to kill you and is against you. Sure. But if you look at nature, everything is cyclical and we're all connected. You know, like how could you look at nature and not believe that there's a God? How could there be so much like precise and immutable law? How can, you know, we, we literally live on a fucking rock that's spinning in space with water on it and the plants breathe out the oxygen that we breathe in. Every breath that you take, you're connected to life form. I just think that no matter still wh- whether you're Republican, uh, conservative, I mean, conservative or Democrat, whatever. I just don't know. And again, maybe it's because I was so fucking whacked out on drugs for so long. Maybe it's because I never cared or never paid attention, but I just can't really recall in my own lifetime where I've noticed how much shit seems fucking strange. Like there's a lot of strange shit going You're not on. The only right one now. else that notices that. I mean, no, well, well, I know. Yeah. Well, but I'm saying, like, has this been a thing before that I just wasn't aware of? But I, it hasn't been this not, fucking not nuts, right? Yeah, no, not here. I, I, not here. Yeah, like, I mean, you, well, you've been to Bosnia, and you, but like, I mean, you guys have been to third world countries. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I've always lived in America. You know, people like Zoltan from Five Finger Death Punch, he's seen this happen. My friends from Venezuela, Cuba, they saw this happen. And I've been to a lot of different countries where this was going on. You know, there's Green Berets are in 93 different countries at any one given time. And it's always, it's normally these fucking countries that are, you know, that that live under the rule of socialism or communism or whatever. And uh, so we've seen it. And and we have a motto, to free the oppressed, they oppressively bear. And that is something that I vow, you know, also to support and defend the constitution of the United States against enemies, all foreign and domestic, something that I will do on this fucking land in America uh, and to free the oppressed. And if that's something that I have to do for my people in this country, it's goddamn right. I'm going to fucking do that. You know what I, what I, I still, my, my still argument that's been since almost since we started this podcast is, is how does this happen though? I mean, who I see all the posts, I see that this has to change and we can't, you know, and people post and post, but how do we honestly, take the goddamn country back without, I mean, is it just going to take pussies? I really think conservatives are the biggest pussies in the fucking, no offense guys. If you're conservative, I sure the fuck am, but I seriously think we got to stop being so fucking conservative and we have to stand up and take this shit back. You know, this is America fucking 1776, you know, that it's, we were founded on faith and, and belief in freedom and, and to choose who we want to, to worship Christianity you know, Islam, whatever, you know, whatever. And, and it's being taken away. And I personally believe that it is social media. Uh, it's, it's the leftist media who own it all and can control the narrative. And a lot of these kids and, and universities, you know, I had a professor staying at my house for the last three days. Um, and he, he teaches in California and uh, to listen to what, and he's a conservative and the shit that came out of his mouth about his students and what they really believe was jaw-dropping and they got it from this california leftist liberal education and it's getting worse and they believe it and they, they have pay, no idea they're, they're paying all this money to be indoctrinated two hundred thousand so dollars you know for this college education to just i've Ooh. never even in my life seen uh, like on my street alone how many kids are homeschooled now you know yeah. and i mean you know my kids like, are yeah but they're excelling because it's a faith-based uh it is a faith-based um homeschool program that they're in now well i mean i you know i there's a kid that i do ju- that takes jujitsu and he's 16 years old and he's already taking college courses yeah you know it's great and, and when you see him in person like it it blows my fucking mind because i was such a stupid motherfucker when i was 16 <laughs> 
And to see this kid like carry himself almost like an adult and it blows my mind. And, and I talked to him and I asked him like, you know, do you think like it, you, you know, you, you miss like social cues or has it made you like socially awkward or anything? And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. Everything's cool. Yeah. And you know, I, I, but it's, it's coming down to like, do, can I trust a school? Can I trust that you're not just, or wasn't there like places where they were just deciding that they had to get, or they were going to administer a vaccine or something. Yeah. And I think that was the UK. They were, they, there was a big ah, fucking right. thing because they were not, they gave people vaccines. They gave students vaccines without parental consent forms, something like that. Right. I recall. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I follow that. Ashley Gray on Instagram, and she's very heavy into the the. She's British, and she she is very into exposing all the kind of um, big pharma propaganda in the UK. Um. So, tell me a little bit about talk just real quick. Do the Texas tour. When's it starting? When's it ending? Um. Well, I'm flying out on Monday. You can see all my laundries over here. Uh, and then it's i'll be rehearsing for a few days and i have a, some events to go to and then fitcon i'll be on april 23rd and that's the first that's the start of the tour and then we're going to go all the way around texas and then we'll come back to dallas actually we're doing like el paso san antonio austin and then back to back to Dallas proper, and then Houston. We added a show um, just for two me and days Travis. ago. Yeah, and so it's pretty crazy because the Houston show, the club we sold, we broke their the club's record for most amount of tickets sold in the first hour without any promotion. <laughs> so I literally posted the link up on social media, and the the fucking tickets started flying. So. Right. That one's probably going to sell out, but uh, I'll just make sure that I, I have a pocket. I think spot. I got you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Still, let me know if you know a guy. Um, yeah. I, I also had a time, a chance to look at the guys that you're taking on tour with you now. I don't know if you want to speak a little bit about uh, them guys and uh, how, how'd you, how'd you get in touch with those guys? Were they guys you already knew? Yeah. Well, I mean, so, well, you know, uh, uh, initially I was going to enlist the, Baca twins from the band The Contortionist, and then their their band and management got wind of it, and they got really upset. They were like, "Please, like I maybe they thought I was trying to steal their band members, but they were literally just they're the homies." And um, I got mad love for them and mad love with The Contortionist, but they, you know, it just I get it. I like I get it. Yeah. And so, uh, so basically, uh, you know, Dusty Bowles from. He, from Chelsea Grand, and he's been in a, a shit ton of bands. He's he's, uh, he's a producer and a guitar player and a drummer and a bass player. He pretty much does everything, and um, you know he's a patriot and he's he's up on you know all the stuff that we we talk about. And he sent me some tracks that he was writing. I was like, oh, this guy's legit. And then um, he started with him, and um, then actually, so Neil Swanson, I've toured with him before. So Neil was the guitar player for Diamante and Diamante and I sang Hear Me Now together. So we took her out as an opener a couple of times. We've taken her on the Bad Wolves tours like by herself to sing every night to sing um, Hear Me Now. And anyway, Neil was like, you know, he, he it's funny because they were like the first band out of everybody. And he was given like 
he was giving guys in my band guitar lessons. Like, that's how good he is. And we're like, yo, this guy's lit. So, and he wound up reaching out because he was just like wondering if I knew anybody who was looking for a guitar player oh, like a couple months back. And then, uh, and then we kind of circled around and I was like, yo, do you want to jam? And then um, Mike Levine, I've known Mike Levine since he's in a band from Alabama called Bermuda. And I did guest vocals on that in 2016, maybe. Um, and so I knew his old singer, Corey. And we've always stayed friends. He's been to Bad Wolf shows. He does like uh, a lot of videography stuff. He, he toured with All That Remains. He toured with um, Falling in Reverse, all bands on our label. And I happened to just, uh, he happened to be in town that we hung out and yeah, I, just, I needed a drummer and I was yeah. like, Hey, do you want to play drums? And he literally learned the entire set list in 24 hours and made a video of him playing it one time the whole way through. Yeah. I watched a couple of his clips and the kid can definitely, uh, whatever the term is. some cool hit it. Drummer at my church, our worship service is a drum for Aerosmith. No shit. Did a whole fucking hour long deal on him and he lives out here and and when he can he's the drummer good old boston guys <laughs> yeah he's uh he's the current one he wasn't the original oh, but uh fuck him then yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hilarious though. he's what he does so all right so two things real quick that i want to ask you um is what's your advice for somebody uh a veteran who's just getting out coming home how do wh what's your advice for the transition back to society right now all right first and foremost have a plan i know too many fucking veterans that get out of the army and didn't even have a plan I mean, you have to have a good exit strategy in everything that you do if you're going to quit a job what's the first thing that's fuck i gotta put my two weeks notice in but you gotta have something to fall back on um and have a plan uh there's just so many i had a guy 24 years in the army special forces reach out to me and say, how are you doing so well, man? What did you do when you got out or during your, when I was in transition, I was on the, on the road with Tommy and five finger death punch and those guys, but I still was, you know, reaching back and, and, and working on uh, my retirement. Um, and this guy didn't do shit. So if you have any type of disability, if, if, you know, think about from your toes to the top of your head, what was wrong with your body, write it down and have a plan Go to the VA, start that process before you exit the military so that by the time you do get out, your medical, if you have any disability, is going to kick in and you have those funds coming to you as you're you know, done, getting out or retiring. Uh, and then if you've got any type of mental, you really got to think about it. Don't be so hard-headed and think, ah, oh, man, I can kick this or whatever. You're not going to. You're not going to do it without help. And you can reach out to your buddies the biggest thing right now within the military is, uh, you know, suicide. You know, it, it, I don't want to talk about 22 push-ups and all that shit because that shit just doesn't fucking work. You know, people are making money off of the deaths of our soldiers killing themselves. Uh, but that's a huge issue, and people need to reach out and not be afraid of it. I've had it happen, you know, just a couple times in the last month. And um, so if you have any of those issues, reach out, get some help. Call me. I'll talk to you. You, I, I guarantee you'll talk to some motherfuckers and talk them off the ledge. Tommy as well. Uh, yeah. You know, I had a guy, I literally had a guy last night. I had to talk to him and send him the anti-suicide online. Yeah. And it happens all the time, man. All and the there's time. no shame. Like people, you know, for anybody who's listening, I've been there and there's no shame in asking for help. I think it's like the hardest thing to do is say, I don't know. And I need help. 
you know, but there's help is out there and life is worth living. And I think that uh, there's a saying in recovery where like, oh, if you killed yourself today, you'd be killing the wrong person because you don't know who you're going to become. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that guy, man, that's actually wonderful because that dude getting out of the military isn't the same guy. I'm not the same guy that I was when I got out of the military that I am now. And um, but talk to somebody, get your records straight, get that VA stuff straight and start seeking out a job. There's a job for you. People say, well, I can't find work. Well, you waited until the last minute, and now you're broke. You didn't do your VA shit. You need money. Mom and dad aren't helping you anymore. You could have done all this during your ACAP, which is mandatory by the military. Uh, it's a year-long process, and if your first sergeant or sergeant major is telling you that you can't go to these meetings that are mandatory by the Army, then you go to the IG and you complain uh, because this is the rest of your life. You know, you're fucking done with the Army. They don't give a fuck about you. That last year was great, but there was a time in my career that I said, hey, I am retiring. When I hit the 20-year mark, uh, they were just like, okay, get the fuck out of here, you know? And it was sad because they were my brothers, you know? Um, granted, they, they had an op tempo that was pretty heavy, and I felt bad because I wanted to go with them, but I couldn't, you know? Um, but the Army doesn't give a fuck about you anymore. So plan them for yourself, and if you need help, Army One Source I know is one place that'll help you. Uh, your brothers that have done it and are doing well will help you. Universities will help you because they want you to come to school and use that post 9-11 GI yeah. bill, you know? Uh, and there's so many things at the universities that if you want to go to college, and if you think you're not smart enough to go to college, well, you're wrong. There are college courses that you can take at universities that are paid for. Um, voc rehab, another option for you as well to start planning on uh, voc re rehab is great. You want to yeah. be a pilot? Fucking go be a pilot. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Want to be a certified scuba diver instructor? You can take courses paid for by Voc Rehab, and you can go live down in the Keys of Florida teaching people how to scuba dive at, at Sandals. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that that's so specific. I know that you <laughs> thought about doing that. <laughs> so anyway, that's I, I can go on for I can go on forever about transitioning because it it is a passion. If you Google Green Beret. Travis Wilson, Green Beret. There's, there's some things about that because I work with the Green Beret. A lot Foundation of sex and, videos. Yes. Um. So, yeah. Yes, in the Green Beret, Beret Foundation, uh, you work very closely with as well, and they are also located in San Antonio, San Antonio. Texas. Yeah, I'm gonna see him. Uh, I'm gonna see him Friday. Yeah, gonna go down there and Black Rifle Coffee. Ah, go hang out with those boys. Uh, Shameless. So, plug. Jared, I said, what's up? Yeah, I'll let them all know. Yeah. Um. And then so. What I have noticed, though, with you, and I mean, I've seen so many veterans of all walks of life, but how did you, did you, was there a time that suicide, drugs and alcohol, anything kind of played a pot in your story? Or did you just kind of take some appropriate actions to kind of alleviate that? Well, uh, suicide, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> man, you did say I was going to cry. No. There was a, a time in my life that I think that started the downward spiral of my my second marriage. Uh, came home from a, a deployment and was just mentally fucked. Like, it was weird. But I had a great deployment. I always loved going on deployments. It, it just becomes addicting, you know. Um, and I don't have an addictive personality for alcohol or drugs or anything like that. But I have had my fair share of alcohol, lots of it. <laughs> uh, not anymore. But, uh, yeah, there was a time that... Um, I thought about it, never told my ex-wife to this day. 
Uh, if she listens to this, she'll know now. Yeah, I think she's a supporter of the show, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? It, it, and I feel myself getting a little verklempt. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, Me and so Tommy been down this fucking road. Time every, too. yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's crazy. I, I've had, I lost a son. I've lost a father. Lots of buddies. And, uh, yeah, there was a time in my life that, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What helped you get out of that? I darkness? deployed again right away, you know, and then I came home and, uh, and, gla- and, and that, la- that deployment, that second deployment wasn't as combat heavy. Um, and so it was, it was really kind of like, it was, I took a break, a, a breather from, from home life, from babies at the house. Cause I have two boys, you know, uh, and I was with the boys, you know, and just kind of chilling and relaxed. And I came home and transitioned back and you know, nothing was copacetic as well. Uh, when I came back that, that after it was really my fourth deployment, but second one with her. Um, so, uh, I think that what happened, you know, I just told myself I wasn't going to be like that, you know, and, and not a lot of people can do that. I, I don't react to things the way that a lot of people do. Um, I can see death and all that stuff and not get freaked out. I don't have, I mean, I, I probably do have a little bit of PTSD, but not like the true name of PTSD and what it really is. Um, I know I have TBIs, but I've been to the brain health center uh, the, in San Diego twice. Um, I've done stem cells for my brain twice. Uh, what are what are TBS for people who don't know? Uh, traumatic brain injuries. I've had uh, you know multiple explosions. I, IEDs go off next to the vehicles. Uh, RPG once, and I had a parachute collapse where I burned in and bounced off the ground. And I've had thirteen surgeries from since. Um, that was the big one. Uh, so, but I just took those steps to uh, not be a statistic. I hate using that word, but you know I didn't want to be. Uh, I'm too fucking vain, I guess, to kill myself, you know, I, I, and I'm too much of a fucking pussy, you know, like I do believe that I will go to heaven, but I'm terrified of going to heaven, you know, and then finding out, well, not too bad. Nope. You're not going to heaven. Then I'm really going to be pissed, you know? (laughs) So, and then I just, life is too good on earth right now, even as fucked up as it is, uh, to leave anybody, you know, and, and you, you commit suicide, you're hurting everybody else. Yeah. You know, you guys, I think, have experienced it a lot. I experienced it all the time. We just had a Green Beret at 10th group commit suicide. A guy that I sat next to uh, a year and a half ago talking to and uh, to find out that he took his own life and, and, and didn't leave any type of uh, message is it happens often and it, and it uh, fucks us up inside because they're, they're our brothers. You know, see, getting choked up. <laughs> I think it took a long time for me personally to realize the selfishness of that, of like, like I know the pain of sui- wanting to commit suicide and, and be in that, in that place. But I guess once I finally kind of got sober and got into recovery and my life got better and I really looked at like, fuck, but well, like when I see friends that overdose and die or people that do commit suicide and it's like that shit hurts, man. And I see how many people are affected and hurt by it. And it's, I don't, I just don't, I think you're so blinded by that in the moment that you don't really realize it, you know, where I don't even joke about that anymore or like, it's just not an option, just like drinking or using drugs isn't an option for me. Committing suicide just isn't an option anymore. Yeah. There's no coming back from it. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's insane. I had an employee, uh, I, I, when I was active duty, I started a business called caliber nutrition and, and which has morphed into alpha lead performance. 
Um, but I had an employee who on Father's Day, uh, we, Emily and I were in bed. We got a call, and her friend said, hey, so-and-so's dead, you know, and uh, Lynn is dead. And, and uh, <coughs> it was mind-numbing, you know, like why? I yeah. gave her that day off. She went to the drag races in Denver, had a great time. I saw her posts, all that good stuff. And she, she said, thanks for giving me the day off. Then she goes home. She had a little girl that she was taking care of and, you know, and, and she committed suicide and, and it's mind numbing. It makes no sense. And it gives me the chills to talk about it. You know, it just, uh, I think that's the big thing. That's the thing that a lot of people, you don't see it coming. Cause like, even what you were saying, you, you, you know, you're, you're, ex-wife never knew right because a lot of people who are carrying this stuff it it builds up inside and you don't want to be a burden to other people or you don't want to be weak or put your bullshit on others and uh something i learned because i've had i had probably in in 2020 to 2021 is the first time in like 10 years i had any suicidal thoughts and feelings and the thing that i did different is yo i told shane i told people I told a shit ton of people. I was like, yo, I'm not okay. And then I fucking, you know, I went and got some help. And and that's the thing. It's like, I've had, I mean, dude, we've lost so many people like in recovery and, and artists and it, it's, and, and it, I think that survivors, like when your family member commits suicide, you, you know, who is survived by, everybody lives with this. Oh, it, what couldn't I have done something? Is there anything I could have said? Is there anything I could have done? And I, and like, I don't want to leave anybody with that. Yeah. You know, that, that idea of, of responsibility, because I felt like that I've, I've lost people and I'm like, fuck, like I should have just called or if I just would have done this. And it's like, nah, man. Yeah. It affects everybody. And your industry, I have seen it to two people that, that you and I worked with who, you know, they were stagehands and stuff, but in your industry right now, because of what's going on with COVID and shutting this down, that that's that was their livelihood. These people did this every year uh, to put on these shows day in and day out, and now they have nothing. And I know of two people that committed suicide that, that toured with, with Tommy and I, you know, and it, it's insane. And it's happened far more than just the two. Um, but what's going on yeah. in the world right now is causing a lot of these people to, to not even think about it and just do it because they think it's all over. Uh, that they're not well, yeah, I mean, there's so much the 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 it, there are all different kinds. The people are dealing with different different spectrums of, of depression, and you know the the lockdowns. Like, first of all, what is a lockdown? This is, a lockdown is something they do in prison. Yeah, it's a course of action to contain inmates. That's the legal definition of a lockdown. You can't fucking lock, like we can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at what's happening in Canada and, you know, they don't have fucking, they don't have a second amendment and they're being completely abused. You know, there are what the media is not putting out is all across the country. There are anti-lockdown protests going on. It's wild. The police in France lined up and threw their handcuffs on their ground. I saw that. That was awesome. Yeah. Like the, the, so you're seeing two different kinds like you're seeing like in the United States where the police are like, fuck, fuck this. Like in California, the, the sheriff's department, I mean, basically told the governor, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, everybody. And then you have, and then you have like the police in Canada and in Australia who are like brutalizing people for not wearing a mask or being outside. 
in a lot of places. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to, to me that anyone who already is dealing with addiction issues or suicidal depression or this or the other, that this isn't exacerbating uh, those, those issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's astronomical the rate of suicide and overdose that's gone up since this nonsense. Yeah, I agree. Domestic abuse, of a virus. That's like abuse. the flu. Like yeah. it's the fucking flu. I had it. I'm like, yeah. I, no one can tell me otherwise that anymore. Right. I already went through it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> You're a COVID survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Do they make a shirt for I got a, a, I got, They're going to make a, a ribbon suit. A runny nose. Yeah. Oh, gonna, a military it's, ribbon. It's going to be a zebra colored ribbon for COVID survivor. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So before we get out of here, uh, so so tell me a little bit about uh, what that first company was, how that turned it out. Like how you even came about, you know what? I want to start a business. You know, did you fail? Was it tough? Okay. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, when I had my parachute accident, I... I'll tell you that story real quick. We were in Eloy, Arizona. My ODA was there. We were training for preparation, um, hoping to get a, a combat jump in, in our next deployment. And uh, But I was coming in on final, and it was just a freak accident. Right side of my canopy decided it didn't want to stay open. Those nine cells, per, they, they need oxygen. So I hit a night dust devil or something like that. Spun down, hit the ground, splat. Woke up to my buddies over top of me, flashlights everywhere. Felt that I was impaled. But it was my back. It was broken. I've had two disc replacement surgeries uh, in my lower lumbar. A um, number of other things. In and out. Um, really woke up in the hospital again the second time. Uh, and then was moved from Casa Grande to Phoenix, Sky, Har or, uh, Sky Harbor. That's the airport to uh, um, whatever it's called. Good, Good Samaritan Hospital. Love those people. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I had that injury happen. And I thought, fuck, they're going to kick me out of the military. I know it. And... You know, I'm only at year 16 at that point. And, uh, but I miraculously healed up enough to where they said, okay, you can stay in. I went on to a different program called the RRC, like a handshake thing uh, with triple, you know, alphabet soup stuff. And uh, so I did that. Still jumped out of planes, but started uh, uh, Caliber Nutrition, which was a supplement store where I met First Form, Sal Frisella, uh, who came down um, when they first started uh, selling uh, First Form products. And Sal and I have become good friends. Just talked to him yesterday. Uh, that grew into Caliber Nutrition and Fitness, which was a small personal training studio. So I had six personal trainers that worked for me and the store all while I'm deploying. And, you know, in the military, I had a great team working for me. Going through a divorce, this is where all that mental shit, where I, if I just stayed busy, I wasn't going to do anything crazy. Um, and then it got to the point where I wanted my own product line and had reached out to people who said, do it, you know, like Sal Frisella has always been a mentor and I still reach out to him and he was like, fucking do it, man. I hope you make a million dollars in your first year. Fucking do this, that, this, and the other. And it has morphed into Alpha Elite Performance now. Uh, and we're based here in Montgomery, Texas. And, um, and it's, it's grown. I tell Sal, I like to tell him all the time that I'm coming for him. So really I'm not coming for him. I'm coming for Redcon one. He'll <laughs> get me started on those dudes. But I think that's, a, I think, <laughs> But the, I think uh, I think that that's we, the supplement wars. I know, but we are actually a veteran-owned company. You know, special operations guys. We don't need to hire anybody to to make ourselves look good. But I do think it is cool, though. Like you know, 
uh, like I know, you know, Tommy's a first form guy and yeah. it's cool to know, like, this is what I appreciate about working with you and working with Matt and working with Tommy and guys that I keep in my circle. I never guys that fucking hate and try to, you know, wish me harm and want to see me do shitty. Everyone that I keep in my circle is guys that want to see me strive, you know, just yeah. like I want to see them. Like, I'm not here to be like, hey, I need all the money on the planet and fuck you and what you stand for. It's like, what can I do to help you? What can you kind of do to help me? And and there's so many. I mean, shout out to the guys from Third Wheel Podcast too, Nolan and Mike, because, dude, I have called Mike Time and time again, hey, how do I set this up? Where do I get this? Where do I get that? He had to send me to the store for something yeah. else yesterday to make sure I could do this all and everything. And it's like, that's the kind of shit where it's like, I'm not trying to you know, replicate this new podcast thing and put them out of business. I'm just another guy trying to make something happen. And those guys were nice enough to do that. And it's cool to see you have that relationship with Sal and, and such a big place and for them to inspire you and mentor you and tell you like, dude, kick ass and fucking take names. Sal, you, know, you know, Sal and first form are, are a company that I will tell people if we don't have it, go to first form. I absolutely love those dudes and I love their products. Um, but in saying that, you know, my goal is, is to take care of veterans. I want to hire veterans and, um, like Evan at Black Rifle Coffee said, you know, I want to hire 10,000 veterans by this amount of time, you know, and that's exactly what I want to do with Alphalete Performance. It's not to line my pockets. You know, I do well with retirement and disability and we pay ourselves just a small amount and we do all right. But I want other guys, other veterans to come here, work for me, join this Alphalete Performance team that, you know, you know that I'm trying to build with great people and, and, and let them take care of themselves and, I, I want to be, be able to, to do that for a lot of guys. So, and gals and gals, not, you know, I say guys, you know, each well, I think that's a, I think that's an intrinsic different difference between models like alpha elite and first form where, you know, you have people like, you know, Andy and Sal or what you're doing or I look at it as community leadership, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then, and even, you know, I'm in a different industry, but again, it's like the way that I interact with my team and the people who work for me is if I, like, if I eat, you eat. And that's basically the, the reciprocal basis of how I like to operate. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been an interesting, you know, in, in the transition, you know, and you'll see this as you grow you know, you, there's, there's going to be roadblocks and things happen. And sure. like in my, in my experience of dealing with, with my band stuff, you know, I'm going on tour and the whole crew left and they're with me. So everybody that I employed under the Bad Wolves thing, they're all coming on tour with me as a solo artist. And it's like, that shows you how, when you, when you have those values and leadership where you, you care how other people are doing, you wind up having, you create loyalty just by, as a byproduct, yeah. you know? And so, I'm interested to watch you guys, you know, grow this thing more. And it's fucking cool, dude. I'm like, I'm super proud of you, man. I appreciate that. It's, it's, uh, it's been fun and, and shocking and difficult and, uh, scary at times only because you don't want to fail. Um, but we've had some people reach out to us. Uh, Neil McCoy, country music. If anybody knows that guy, um, Chad Prather is running for the governor of Texas, uses our stuff. And he actually broke the bank the other day, a couple, couple weeks ago, he, he made a post and it destroyed our website. Like the, it just slowed way down. And people were like, your shit's not working. And we were not ready for this influx. And so we've been sitting without a bunch of stuff for a while, but we're, we're caught up now and uh, learned a lesson from that, um, which was great. So 
Um, yeah, but no, I, I like that. If you eat, I eat. And uh, uh, that that's kind of the mindset of a good leader is the leader's always going to eat last. His boys are going to eat first. And that's something that I like to do. Like if people come to my house, my guests eat first. And if there's anything left, then I'll eat, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I want I want to make sure that people get to eat. And I want to make sure that those veterans who are struggling part of the transition I want to have a job for them, even if it's the low level stuff. If he was just a, you know, 11 Bravo and didn't do anything educationally, well, he's going to come, <laughs> he's going to come to Alpha Lee Performance and he's going to get an education, you know, start studying right. all those ingredients and tell me what those are, you know, right. and know these products. And then maybe you'll bounce up to selling it or something like that. And then making a, you know, a profit off of, off of what you sell. And so, and I mean, I can attest to that personally with both of you guys of, if I eat, you eat. I mean, you know, since the beginning, Tommy's just always, and it's not this like, you know, hey, do you need a new fucking car? But it's, it's, dude, it's just small shit that you maybe notice personally that that person's just doing because, like, Tommy's never made me, f I don't even know how to explain it, but you both have done things in your own right to make me like, you know, because it's very easy for me to look at it as like, you know, Tommy's here, your business is here, and I'm way down here, and it's like, ah, shit. And I'm, but I, when I'm with you guys, I never feel like that. I feel like it's just equal across the board always. And for that, you know, yeah. I'm grateful. And that's why you guys are in my fucking life, man. Nice. Yeah, but bro, this, and this is what I will say too for, for like all the fucking, all anybody who just heard what Shane said, this is the reason. It's because it's the yets, right? So if you look, if you're measuring your monetary success or where you are, or this, that, the other, right? If if I fuck with you, you either are there or I know you're going to get there. And so like the gift of it is like, sometimes I get to see people now where I just get to watch you get there. I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's like, you might not know. We, we always see our, we, that's why we, we, I think men are very tribal in the senses. We need to be a sounding board to each other of like, yeah, yo, yes, you're on this right path. Like Andy Frisella does that for me. You know, Ian, Ian Smith does that for me. Zoltan Bathory does that for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you recognize the qualities in people, that's why you, you, you stay in that same circle. You, and I, and I say this to other people, cause there's, there, we have a ton of dudes that listen to the show and in your own groups, it's it, it shows more character because like, you know, people like Josh never were like, oh, I'm up here and you're down here. Right. People like Zoltan are never like, I'm up here and you're down here. And and as long as like in a, in in our um, communities. Right. If we're constantly pushing each other to be the best versions of ourselves, we're all going to we all are going to hit that top line. And and there's also the humility of also like. Dude, when I, the next time I'm in a relationship, I'm going to be like, I don't know what to do. I know I can call you to. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm good at certain things. I'm bad at certain things. And that's why people need each other. Fucking A. I like it. Um, all right. Well, that's a wrap. So uh, plug some shit. Alphalete Performance. If you guys uh, want to visit, it's You can... Use code ELITE15 to save 15% or 20% off on the stacks. Uh, if it says out of stock, it, there's very few that are out of stock, but that's only because we've just been growing and we're learning. Um, but our products are the shit. If it's garbage, I'm going to get rid of it. Um, but we don't make garbage, and our product uh, the makers and formulators are awesome, awesome people. Um, so 
Yeah, I appreciate all the help and 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 def- yeah, go ahead. Where can they find you on Instagram? Alpha Elite Performance on Instagram. Okay. And Facebook. I got kicked off of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um Tommy, you got anything? Uh, you know, at Tommy Vexed on Instagram, at T Vexed on Twitter, uh, at Vexed on Facebook, which I'm back. I got banned from Facebook for 60 something days. Um, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a new merch line out, uh, and I am. Oh, I saw the Green Frog t shirt. Yeah. That thing was sick, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's 17. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the, what's the site for that, Tommy? Is it a Shopify or what's out of there? Shopify.com slash vexed. The link's in your bio on Instagram, correct? Yeah. And there's all, All there's all kinds of stuff for the kids. We got Mr. Potato Head. We have a, we have a, we have back the blue. We did a whole blue line. Um, we did like leggings for women and sports bras and hoodies and hats and t-shirts and all that. Yeah. Fucking A. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, uh, Shane.vitco. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook at deviant gentlemen. Uh, you can visit us at deviant We have merch, we have uh beard butter. Um, dropping soon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, fucking a dude looking forward to seeing you. Um, hopefully we can all catch up, uh, when you come to Houston and fucking, and, uh, rock out. So, um, thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you next time.